Um, hello at home. Nice to see you. Well, kind of. Imagine you. Let me put the timer on. Okay, so for all those people who clock watch in church, we are aware of the time. All is well. I will speak fast. Um, so we are coming to the Word of God, and we are in this series still of essential matters. Um, and if you're a visitor, you'll be on-ramping quickly into this. But if you've been here before, you know that we are journeying through Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, and we're looking at what are the essential things that the Lord is teaching us from this passage for us as a Wellspring family, for us knowing what it is to be Wellspringers, following Jesus, and holding to that which is essential and letting go to anything that is anything other than essential. And we come to 1 Corinthians 13 today. Um, I've skipped over. Oh, I'm looking at you. Hello. I'm not looking at you all the time, but thanks for waving. Um, I've just skipped over other things, by the way, you understand. The team here, that we're just, you know, I'm working out what not to say, even as I speak. Now I'm digressing. Um, but anyway, we're on 1 Corinthians 13. And this is arguably one of the most famous passages, definitely from Corinthians, um, because there's chunks of it that are used at weddings, because it's talking about love. And we feel that weddings are the perfect environment to talk about love. And of course they are. I mean, it is not an inappropriate text to choose. If any of you used it at your wedding, you know, crack on. I actually can't remember what we used it as, so who knows. Um, but it might have been there. But it is a passage that is used at weddings, and that's not irrelevant. But when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, he wasn't just at this point suddenly talking to married couples. He was talking to the whole church. He was talking to all the Christ followers. And he was trying to urge them to grab hold of what it really is to be a follower of Jesus, to be a distinct, set-apart person for Jesus. Now, the reason being, you remember this because we've been doing Corinthians for a while. Corinthians was this seaport. It was a commercialized center, a sexualized center. There was temple prostitution and temple activity and pagan activity that was um, faiths being expressed, but not in Jesus. And yet into this seaport, into this community, into this commercial hubbub, there was a planted church of Christ. These Christ followers who were discussing with Paul often what it was to be Christ following and what it was to be a Christ follower. And he was writing to them again in this dialogue of letters that we get to see one side of. And he was saying, okay, let me just talk to you about love. And let me read you this passage and then we're going to look at it in fresh ways because I know this is familiar. But in case you haven't ever come across this amazing passage. Let's read it. It's from 1 Corinthians 13. This is what Paul writes. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, it, I would have gained nothing. Here's the wedding bit. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. 
Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up and I put away childish things, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Here comes the fridge magnet. Three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Familiar words maybe to many of us because we've got them on our fridges or we've had them at a wedding. But here we've got this encouragement to say, okay, there is a set apartness, a distinctiveness that is unique to a Christ follower because we all know people who have been doing good things, but yet if there's not done in love, there's something that's missing. I want us to hear this passage fresh. So, <laughs> are you ready? She just looked down. Um, so listen, um, Tracy Matthews is going to bring this into a spoken word piece because it's really important. We jazz up our understanding. Come, come, uh, this is your intro. Because, you know, otherwise, you know, there's a silent walk of shame. But listen, you're here. Listen to this spoken word. Hi, guys. <laughs> Love bears all things and never gives up. In every circumstance, it remains roots dug deep in storms where failures transform into new things. Overcoming life's hurdles. Ducking and diving, dilemmas unexpected and foreseen. Steadfast, it stays for days, for years, forever. Enjoying it all, never giving up. Love never loses faith. Continues believing, hoping, seeing beyond human mindsets and current situations. Seeing the best. Protects with a shield that surrounds and trusts the glue in all relationships, patiently bringing peace in the waiting, kind, selfless, caring, compassionate, love, outshining anything man-made and thought of, intertwining into life so gracefully, cutting through concealed places, heavy spaces, where things seem lost. Love stays strong, Never weakening, never dwindling. It never fades, fails or ends. It just flows as for those who know what it means to be loved and to love, growing out of God's love, filled with a real love. Out of a heart fully submitted to him birth something so beautiful, an understanding that God is love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and this love is the greatest, the most powerful, where every cell in our body pours out love, where every action and reaction begins and ends with love, where every language spoken is in the language of love and we are nothing if we haven't loved. 
We can have a faith that moves mountains, speak in tongues of angels, have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge. We can give all to the poor and do all the things we think God has called us to do, leave a life of legacy lasting for generations and generations. We can do and overcome amazing, amazing things, both big and small, all in the name of the Lord, and still, still not love. Seasons will come and go, prophecy will cease, tongues will be stilled, knowledge will pass away like dust disappearing in the wind. Only three things will remain, faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Thank you. Amazing. Such a talent. Thank you, Tracy, for writing that for today. And by the way, huge shout out to Tracy and Otis, because they appear in the pilot podcast series for Dignify this week. If you haven't caught up with them, um, go to the Dignify website, go to Podbean, Spotify. Listen to them. Great wisdom. Love you guys. Listen, there is um, a reality, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians, that they were blending in with their culture and society and not standing out as distinct, not standing out as Christ followers. And let's, let's describe this a bit like they were cultural chameleon Christians. Do you know what I mean? So blended in. Now, I did this in the first service. I might confess quicker to you. Um, but, you know, chameleons are these creatures that can camouflage themselves by blending into the background. You will see one on the slide here. If you look, no, you can't. You can't. I did this in the first service. I did this in the first service, and everyone was like, ooh. And it's like, no, no, no. But I should have done, really. But it's not there. But it's this blending into the background that happened. And this was happening in Corinth. And I think, if we're honest, this happens now. We blend in because we're so committed to reaching people. We're so committed to being loved ourselves. We're so committed to expressing and being accepted and forming relationships that we can sometimes forget we're called to be set apart people. We're called to be distinct. And the distinctiveness is all captured in this word love. Now, we only have one word. Now, I know I make up lots of words. I hyphen anything and, hey, you've got a new word. It's a gift, I know. None of them have made it to the dictionary yet, um, but there is still time. But the problem is we genuinely only have one word for love, and, and we use it about a something of love. I feel love. I love you. I'm in love with you. You're all right. No, no. no we, it's a thing we feel. It's a, it's a thing. I love you. Or I want to fall in love. I want to get some love. I want to give some love. It's a thing. It's almost transactional. But here, Paul is urging the Corinthians, and I believe still us, to see something slightly different and to understand. Now, like I say, they had lots of words for love, at least four of them. And the, the, the root of this way that the, he's using the word love is all about agape. It's all about God love. It's not about a human love. It's not about a feeling for someone. It's not about 
anything to do with something that's internal in the human. It's about God. It's about interacting with God. And we got this in, in the beautiful spoken word about God is love. Now, I don't know about you, but when we look at some of this list of love, if you like, when we get to verse 4, this is where sort of people nudge their partner or their child and say, listen to this, this is what you're meant to be doing. Um, Because it's like this list. So verse 4, it says this, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. This is the spouse nudge here. It is not irritable. It keeps a record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. It's all this kind of shopping list of the things we want kind of love to be. Oh, I need to be more patient. I need to get me some patience. Oh, I need to be less irritable. I need to get me some non-irritableness. You know, we have this approach to this as if it's a pick and mix. But this is not what Paul is really saying. It reminds me of another list that Paul wrote to another group of believers. This time it was in the church of Galatia. And if you read in Galatians, there's a list, if you like, of the fruit of the Spirit. And this whole beautiful list of what it is to have the fruit of the Spirit in you and what it is that gets demonstrated. And again, we often approach this list a bit like pick and mix or a bit like going to the supermarket and we're at the fruit thing and we think, oh, I'll have one apple, two oranges, yeah, bananas, they're good for you and they're easy to eat. You know, we, we kind of pick these things. Let me read you the list of the fruit of the Spirit because you'll see the link back to Paul's letter to the Corinthians quite easily. Verse 22, chapter 5 of Galatians, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There's no law against these things. Now, I think when Paul is talking to the Corinthians, he's got in mind this essence of, okay, how Jesus gets expressed in us and through us. And this description of love, being patient and being kind, is another form of an expression of Jesus being communicated through the believer. Now, imagine for a moment as we hold these two lists in a kind of attention of our thoughts. Imagine for a minute an apple tree. So when I compared the apples and oranges and bananas, when we approach the fruit of the Spirit, we missed the point because it's not a different fruit. It's the same fruit that comes from Jesus. So it's basically a whole bunch of apples rather than apples, oranges, and bananas. I know Jesus is not an apple. In fact, you know, you don't rush up and educate me on this. I do understand it's an image. It's a likening. Imagine a tree. Have you ever seen an apple tree striving to produce fruit? I mean, like its branches going... You know, just these apples popping out at the end of its struggle. Have you ever seen it really working hard? Or have you just seen the fruit actually appear small and then grow bigger and bigger just as an automatic byproduct of a healthy tree, right? If a tree is planted in the right soil, in the right conditions, and assuming it is an apple tree, it will produce apples. It is a natural byproduct of a healthy tree. The same is true for this love being expressed through us and the fruit that comes from the presence of Jesus. If we are rooted in Christ, connected into the body of Christ, feeding on the word of God, worshipping Jesus wholeheartedly, if we are in this dynamic, engaging relationship, 
relationship with Jesus, the fruit, the goodness, the love that is written here will be automatically expressed. We don't need to strive to produce patience. We just need to know and love Jesus. Because the more we know and love Jesus, the more the automatic byproduct in our lives will be all these things of Jesus. Now, I know you're not meant to rewrite the word of God. That is naughty. Um, but I want to in a second. Now, in the, one of the... <laughs> it'll all be fine for all those people who are like, she's doing what? Um, so uh, in John's letter at the end, we've got this tiny little bit, this little verse, which again, Tracy brilliantly sort of rolled into her spoken word piece. 1 John 4, 16 says this, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. All who live in love live in God and God lives in them. When we approach this Corinthians part, this chapter in Paul's letter, if we approach this not as all these things we want to get, the something of love, but the someone of love, and focus ourselves on Jesus because we understand God is love and Jesus is the human form of God that we can see and understand. So let's read that little list, if you like, from verse 4, but let's put Jesus' name in it because it will help us understand, I think, what Paul was saying to the people of Corinth and we get to have the challenge today to not be a cultural chameleon Christian but to be distinct and set apart. This is describing Jesus. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He does not demand his own way. This is one of the brilliant things about this. Jesus does not demand his own way. Why? Because he's invitational. He doesn't force anyone to follow him. He invites. He welcomes. He loves, but he never forces. So he never demands his own way. He is not irritable. And he keeps no record of being wronged. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for his grace on the cross that every single thing that you and I have ever done wrong or will ever do wrong, as long as we give it to him, it remains forgotten. If we want to keep living in it, you know, like a pig in muck, you know, fine, it's really visible. But as soon as we give it to Jesus, as soon as we let him allow his work on the cross to take our sins, because that is what he was there for, then our sins are not remembered anymore. He keeps no record of wrongs. Now, us humans, we struggle with this because we're really, really good at keeping a record of wrongs. You know, some of you, you know, your lists are long. Not your wrongs that I'm keeping about you, but the list... <laughs> Although, no, I'm just kidding. But the lists you have on people, oh my gosh, they go back decades. Decades and decades. But Jesus, he keeps no record of wrongs. You see, when we fall in love with Jesus, we let him take our lists. When we love Jesus and we receive his love for us and the fact that our wrongs have been forgotten, we give him our lists. Because it's all about Jesus. We don't need to tear up our list. We just give it to him. He does that. Okay, anyway, back into this. <coughs> Excuse me. He does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Why? Because he says the truth sets you free. He's all about our freedom. So of course he's going to celebrate that. Jesus never gives up. Oh, thank you, Lord. Never loses faith, 
is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance because he endured the cross because of the hope that was set before him and that hope was the relationships that he was enabling between all people and his heavenly father. All people because he came for every single person who would believe in him that none should perish. So he endured the cross because of the hope set before him and he did that for us so we can endure because we love him. Not because we think, oh, I'm just going to endure this. Just going to endure it. No, because we love Jesus. We love Jesus. We're following Jesus. We'll keep enduring because he'll keep moving and we're following him. Jesus is real love. So look, as I bring this to a close, that is all we have time for because we've got to allow ourselves a moment to recenter on Jesus. You see, we get so busy And we get so busy trying to be a Christian and trying to be good. We get so busy trying to do the things in our world and we forget so easily it is all about Jesus. See, at the beginning of this text, it's saying, you know, I could do all these amazing things, but if I do it without Jesus, I'm just a clanging symbol. We all know people who do good things. There are some brilliant people in the world doing amazing things. But if they're not doing it in the name of Jesus, then as soon as they leave this planet, the work ends because there's not the eternal factor on it. There's not this deposit of eternity placed in their work. So the legacy runs dry. But yet Jesus is saying, okay, I'm doing something. I'm working out a big picture. You see the tiny puzzle piece right now. But I, says the Lord, see the big picture. And we just need to see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, the master craftsman, the one who knows us and loves us and invites us into intimacy, there, love will flow through our lives because he is love. Could somebody musical join me? Because otherwise I'm singing and they will be straight interceding for Jesus in the wrong way. I'm loving, by the way, the the rock and rollness of you when you just smash that guitar. (laughs) I'm, I'm down with that. I think, I think everyone woke up. I think you've served us well. It's like we're living ready now today. Anything could happen with Clive. <laughs> Look, it's about Jesus. He loves me. He has to. I've just spoken about it. <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> it's all about Jesus. If you feel you're in a situation where you've run out of patience, don't ask for patience ask for Jesus to come into the situation that's testing you. If you're in a situation that you're feeling irritable, maybe with me right now, just ask Jesus to see me as he does and all will be fine. If you're in a situation that is just so restrictive and limiting, where there's no hope and you don't want to endure and you want to give up and you don't want to have faith in those moments, don't ask for the gift of endurance. Ask for the presence of Jesus. Seek Jesus. He will help you endure. All the rest will come. Seek love who has a name. And his name is Jesus. So pray with me, Holy Spirit. We know you're here. We know you're here. We invited you at the beginning. We gave you permission. We know you're here. This is your church. We are your kids. We know you're here. Jesus, I want to pray for everybody in the room and at home. Lord, I pray that we would grasp hold of you again. 
that we would see you again. All for the first time, help us fall in love with you, Jesus, responding to your invitation. Because Lord, when we know you as real love, everything else changes. So Jesus, we're looking to you.